What's up, guys? Prince here, and I wanted to briefly talk about our brand new series called AOV to the Point, all made possible by our partner Adorama. So, huge shout out to Adorama. In this week's episode, we sit down with one of the most epic conceptual photographers of our time violent, emotional, aggressive. These are some of the terms that have been used to describe the self portraits of photographer Kevin Cardoza, aka Kevin the Kid. With an aesthetic imbued with emotion and self-examination, Kevin contrasts low light with bold, vivid colors that elicit visceral, personal reactions consciously and subconsciously. Kevin relishes in his ability to birth an image that is both relatable and alienating all at once, using surreality as message and canvas. As he describes it, photography is a means of communicating his darkness. In this week's episode of AOV to the Point, we sit down with the multi-award winning photographer Kevin Cardoza to discuss how he creates conceptual art. Be sure to visit our IGTV on Instagram at Art of Visuals to watch this very informative episode of AOV to the Point. Let's go. What's going on world and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince and I am your host and today I am in sunny Los Angeles, California, specifically Venice Beach and I'm hanging out with my dear friend Crizia Vega. She is a director producer based out of Los Angeles, California. Uh, among other things, she's an artist, photographer, filmmaker. She's working on a clothing line all around. One of literally the most creative people that I know. And you definitely have one of the biggest uh, auras. You have so much energy and such a beautiful presence. So I'm super stoked to be sitting here with you, Krizia. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Wow. Thank you for that introduction. Oh, man. I like I think it's so beautiful to see how things come together just from when I first met you a couple years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, now you guys are here in my hometown, and now we're on this podcast. Um, I feel like I've had a lot of growth since I met you, and so like you just saying that, thank you for sharing that, like yeah. even that you feel I have the aura, because I've been working on it. I really have. No, most definitely. I, th- I think anyone that's ever come across you would, would probably yeah. resonate with that, you know? Why don't you start us off by giving the AOV community a little bit of background on yourself? All righty. Hey, AOV community. Um, Chrissy Vega here. I, gosh, my story. <laughs> I'm a big story. I was born and raised in the industry, currently working in film. Fought it for a long time, but you know, now I'm here creating some projects. Um, I mean, what do you want to know? How do, how do I jump into this? Just educate them on like my style? I am a director and producer. I started actually first background was DPing and um, I had this producer come up to me. He's like, hey, like I really want to teach you. Do you want to be more of a cinematographer or a producer or a director? And uh, I thought long and hard about it because I'd been homeschooled my entire life. Like I grew up on set. I was just taught by set teachers. And I was like, you know what? I really want to learn the business side because like I see the creative, but I really want to learn business. And um, this producer took me under his wing. And my first project, I jumped on with him and I was production managing. Like I kind of skipped the PA thing. Mm-hmm. I actually went backwards. I started right production, uh, production manager, producer, and then the second project was a full-on producer in a feature film. And then as I progressed in my career, I went on some sets and I helped out just as, so humbly, like went on as like a PA. I was like, let me help you wherever I can, just because like each set is so freaking different. And yeah, I traveled around just doing anything, for, like I said, from PMing to producing. And uh, it's been a few years now, and now I'm jumping into directing. I realized this, though, because... 
on every set, like I think because I started on the shooting side, I always wanted to have my hands in creative. It was like so hard like to be on set and then I'd watch the frame and I was like, you know what? Like I think we need to push the camera a little bit over here. I think we need to like bring more curtains in or do this and that. And I realized I'm a very, very creative producer, which I think has also kind of been my edge. And so now I'm leaning into that more, which has been really exciting. So I have a slew of projects I'm going to be uh, directing soon. And I couldn't be happier that I'm sitting into my creative spirit. I love hearing that. And I can't wait. We'll, we'll definitely jump into some of these projects yeah. uh, and, and talk about all that stuff. For those that are sitting at home, Krizia, that aren't necessarily familiar with Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these people are like, you know, they're social media content creators or they're like run and gun content creators. So oh, yeah. explain what being a producer is and what you do as a producer. Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. Because yeah. there's so many people like I'm like, produce. But what does that even entail? What does that mean? Do you do everything? Kind of. <laughs> On some shoots. Yeah. Because, um, you know, as a producer, I still do everything from run and gun to larger, you know, 100 person crew. Um, but as a producer, you are the orchestrator. Um, I think it's kind of impossible, at least for the type of producer I am, to not be creative. Because, um, you know, we were talking about this earlier. When you meet a client or somebody that just has an idea, that's where it births from, right? Whether it's a product or a company or just, you know, a story that they want to tell. As a producer, when you hear this, you have to find the the whole system. You create the system on how to make this thing come to life. So let's just say, like, for example, like even you guys come to me right now, like there's something that you want to make. I'm going to listen to that story and I'm going to think about everything from top to bottom, like whether it's going to be locations, talent, what those regulations, the problems that we're going to run into on it. And, um, you know, it's my job to facilitate that, to find those things, to find the options that are going to best suit the client. Um, and so I, a lot of times, like going back to being creative, I'm constantly, um, you know, my day to day, even just like walking out this morning, like I walk by a place, I'm like, this is a rad location. I go in there and I talk to the owner right away. I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm always doing shoots. Like let's, let's link up. And so I'm constantly meeting new people and new places we can do that. So like when we're sitting down with a client, like we can go around and offer that up. Um, I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but you're really doing everything. You're f helping find everything from locations to people to maintaining relationships um, and to be that driving force. I'll definitely say, like, it's a lot of energy. You have to be a go-getter. You have to be um, really just driven. What was the word that we used earlier when we were having a conversation? You have to be... Um, wasn't well, jiggy yeah. jiggy with it yeah yeah, yeah I mean, jiggy with it. <laughs> no just persistent like you you've got to be willing to go 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 because it's really easy to lose steam on a project mm -hmm. i actually i think that i've heard a lot of filmmakers especially out here in la uh you know that make these projects and they don't ever see the light of the day or they start to get made and then they never get off the ground completely. And it's really because they didn't have a producer to drive it from A to Z. That's and wild. So it's like as a producer, you're controlling the flow. Absolutely. Of the project. And your goal is obviously to keep the project in flow. Yeah. And on pace. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I am like I have the bird's eye view on the project. Um, and so I'm constantly seeing how as a whole, all the little decisions that we're making, making sure that it lines up with our overall goal. Um, 
And yeah, it presents a lot of challenges for sure. Who would be cut out for producing? Like what skill sets? So like if you were looking to hire another producer, like what would that ad look like? What types of, <laughs> of skills oh, should man. people have or what should they be into? Um, they, you know, they say like, oh, you can't multitask. I call it multi-managing. <laughs> somebody else who's amazing at multi-managing, somebody else who's uh, great with relationships and great at finding opportunity in listening. Because, I mean, that's a lot of what I do. It's really listening to people and getting to the heart of them. If you're a people person, I mean this, like if you are a people person and you are just zealous about life and you have like this just zeal about you, you're going to be a fantastic producer. Let me ask you this. Uh, so obviously you found yourself in this creative space, yeah. uh, but you also come from a very creative family and a creative background. Yeah. And from what I understand, like everyone in your family is kind of working in the creative space in yeah. some capacity, uh, which is a very rare story. Like that's not a story that I normally tell. I sit down with people <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh, my dad wanted me to be a doctor because they were a doctor or whatever it may be. And so what was it like, I guess, growing up in a creative household? Um, it was so interesting. I had such a blessed childhood. Like you're right. I, I'm so lucky. I had such a interesting story. I started out on set when I was two years old. I think probably one of the first things I learned was to not talk on set. My, um, my dad said that I would always be like, shh, we're rolling. That was some of my first things. Um, my sister, Alexa, Alexa Vega, Mackenzie Vega, or my sister's now married. So it's Alexa Pena Vega. Um, she got her first show when she was three, not even four yet. And we started working from there. And at that time, my mom was a single mom. And uh, she would just up and move with the family. My sisters would get a TV show or a feature film, which can be six to nine months long. And a show can be a year long. She would uproot all of us. And so we'd go and live in Canada for a year. We were in Texas off and on for four years. And so we were just constantly traveling around and my family, my friends, like I didn't have that high school, you know, all those stories. I didn't have any of that, but I'm not, I'm not complaining. I love it. But I grew up with Teamsters, hair and makeup and wardrobe and being on set. Um, one of the projects my sister did, um, everybody knows her for was Spy Kids and growing up on that set. Holy dookie. That was so much fun. Cause like, you know, working in a space that everybody knows him, Robert Rodriguez, he has this crazy setup. He has his airport hangers for all of his crew, and he really gives uh, everybody who works with him their creative space and their creative freedom. But growing up in that, I would go into this place where, you know, you have people from Pixar or Disney, you know, making these molds and making these props, and I'd be sitting there beside them just working with my hands. And then I'd go out in the back and then catch like a snake or you know like crawfish or whatever and then bring it back in on set so I was such like a little rascal all of it went over my head but at the same time like it was it was just normal to me it was normal to be on a 60 foot green screen where you have 30 people doing stunts and stuff blowing up around you like that was just home for me and uh what's funny is I didn't realize how cool and complex it was until I got older. Now I look at it as like, because I actually fought working in the industry for a while. I was like, mom was like, oh, you should be an actress. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you can't get me into this. And um, when I started exploring what it is I wanted to do, I realized that film was a second language. That's what I started on. I started on set. So like, why wouldn't I want to? Right. And uh, yeah, it was just a really unique childhood, never really staying in one area for too long. Um, we had a house in Los Angeles and uh, that w kind of was like our hotel. Like we'd just stop there. Mm -hmm. We'd stop by, visit there, you know, maybe for the holiday and then we'd be back on a press tour. 
back from the next project. Um, it was really cool, but also at the same time, our family's always just been on the go. And I think that's like so much more of my personality now. Like if you know me long enough, then you'll, you'll know that I'm like, I'm constantly moving. I'm never in town. I'm always up for the next thing. Most definitely. So obviously like being on the road and living that lifestyle growing up was awesome. It's super interesting that at first you resisted it as far as wanting to move into the creative space, which I guess could make sense considering you've been around it like your whole life to where it's not as, uh, it's not a shiny object like people that have not necessarily been involved in it. And that's like, it's like the forbidden fruit. Like you don't touch that. Like you don't, you, you can't be a creative. You have to be a doctor. So of course everyone wants to be a creative. Um, so it's super interesting hearing like the reverse story, uh, on that. So with that said, you're in LA, what are some of like the funnest projects that you have worked on since you've been in the space? Oh God, it's crazy. Cause I, I feel like this year, um, has been the most transformative for me. Um, I think that a lot of creatives go through this process of where they're, creating other people's art and other people's dream over and over. And I'm, I definitely fell prey to that. It was like helping everybody with everything. And I'm a caretaker. That's just who I am. Like I'm going to be a mama bird. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, I worked with several different companies over the years and I, if I'm being honest with you, I made a lot of projects that I'm not like proud of. Like I would never want my name on it. I'm like, Oh God, I'm like, don't look at that. Somebody told me recently that they saw this other film that came out. My name was on. I was like, damn it. (laughs) It's like, that's not my art. Um, and not to crap on things other people have done, but, uh, it's like, that's kind of like a hard question for me. Um, you know, cause it's been more recent. I'd actually have to say the smaller projects I've worked on had been the more exciting ones. Mm -hmm. And it's been because I have found other creative weirdos like me that are so freaking good at what they do. And I bring them all together and I create a safe space and we come up with a creative and we just go with it. Like we run with that idea and it becomes such an adventure. I have to say, like, I think that's what I love most about my job is that I'm genuinely having fun with my friends. And then I get to see the final product. I'm like, holy shit, guys, like we got something here. Um, so, yeah, all this stuff right now has honestly been some of the music videos that have coming up. Um, uh, this last one, the one I did last year with Lindsay Sterling and Sabrina Carpenter, like that was one that I felt really proud of. I was like, OK, that looks beautiful. And, um, I have two features coming up now that the script's so powerful. When I first read it, it's just like, holy, holy man, <laughs> like this is going to be a lot of fun. So we're traveling out of the country for that one. Um, but to answer your question, cause I'm kind of dancing around it. I, from past projects, I can't say there's been anything. I'm like, that's the one, that's right. the absolute one. But right now the projects that I currently have at hand, like I can't wait. And that's what I was saying to you guys earlier. Like, I love that we're doing this podcast now. Cause I can't wait over the next few months to see how much things change and grow for the team that I'm working with. Most definitely. So your most exciting work is you're doing it right, right now, now, which is, which, which is, which is amazing. Like, and I feel like as an artist, like that's always the goal is that, you're like out with old and with the new, like I'm like the most exciting thing is always the thing that I'm currently working on. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you had mentioned some things in there about like people and, and friends and nurturing. And so, uh, I know you're super communal and I'm curious since moving to LA, you know, at lunch you were talking about getting out and like purposely going out and meeting other creators and doing that, doing, you know, that those sort of things, what does, community mean to you and why do you think community is so important especially in the creative space oh wow yeah community is everything 
been a huge thing for me this year. It's actually the last year and a half. Um, I didn't realize how vital it was. And I think it's because I grew up on the road. You know, I grew up on set and I was going, going, going. And there's just like this nostalgic feeling that you get. Um, like when you're on a film, you're there for several weeks. It's like camp. It's like, you know, summer camp when you're younger and then it's like, it's done. You're like, oh, I miss everybody. Well, I realized that after going from set to set to group to group that like I didn't really have that consistent family. And um, actually, like when I went out and I met all of you guys out in Boise and I started spending time, you guys are all just so freaking creative and a tight knit circle. I was like, you know what? I need to be better about this back home because I know we have a lot of creatives and I don't have to just be in Boise to have that. Um, Community has been one of the most powerful tools, been healing. It's been inspiring and it keeps you on track. You know, any, I think uh, anybody kind of goes through like those notions of where you're like, I don't feel like my day to day is good enough or am I really doing things right? And, you know, you're always wanting more and surrounding myself with other creatives that are truly driven. I had a friend that described them as multipliers. When you're just around them, they're just multiplying that energy in you. Um, and it's, it's grown me. And, um, you know, when, like lately, I think I've been really focusing on keeping open And when I've, since I've been like living with even more openness, I've just been finding so many people that it's like, holy crap, dude, like you are probably one of the best shooters that I have ever met. And it's something that he can just do in his sleep. (laughs) Something that that they don't even think twice about. Um, And what's cool about community, um, I think now like on a producer side or director side, just a creative side as a whole, is that when you have a little creative idea, you just get your weirdo friends together and you get out there and you make it. It's, it is fun. It's a game. It really is. It, um, you don't, it's not as much of a struggle because I feel like if you don't have that, that strong group, then you are going out there and you're just really trying to, you know, whether putting ads out and you're trying to make a project together. And I think that's kind of why some of them fall flat a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't actually have that strong of a team that has a unified vision. Um, I think something for me that is really important on any project is I take all of my team members and I make sure I'm talking down to the assistants. I want my PAs to be in the first initial conversations because um, there was one thing I hated when I was younger. is like how secretive the producers would always be. Right. Yo, I get it. The conversation you're having is important. But to be honest, like every single person's position on set is equally powerful because guess what? We're all artists. And the project that we're making, that final picture, every we, we each have a stroke on that painting. And so it's so important for everybody's vision to be unified. And so now when I meet new friends and like even just like you and I right now, like I will soul out. Those are my meetings. I don't do coffee meetings, formal, dressed up. I'm like, hey, like you want to go soul out? My last meeting that I had the other day was on the beach, both laying flat out in the sand. This guy and I went surfing, talked about a script that we're writing. And that's it. Those are the people that I'm going to work with. And uh, it says a lot about character, too. No, for sure. It I, does. It's, it's super neat, too, like talking about community. I mean, we're sitting here at your buddy Jake's place in yeah. Venice. Like, <laughs> that's a prime example of community where we shoot it to the point episode with you. We go grab lunch and you're like, hey, I have a spot where we could do the podcast. We don't have to do it in the van. We could just do it. You know, yeah. my buddy's place. Give them no heads up. Sp- yeah. <laughs> and but without community, like you wouldn't have opportunity. So like community is it's everything like yeah. it, it, it allows you to just stay in flow. You have ideas in, in abundance. You have resources in abundance. Oh my you gosh, have, yeah. uh, you know, everything you need mm-hmm. when you're not going through life alone. 
but I know you did have like a period where you didn't necessarily have the community. So I'm curious, what was the difference uh, personally, like for you as a, as a creator, how did you feel? Like, how did oh, you feel wow. before you had community, like empowered and, and, and this and that and versus not having community and feeling kind of like just the lonely artist? God, wow. Basic core emotions. I felt sad. Like when I didn't have that community, because it's hard. Now, I would get on to sets and I'm just one of those really motivated people. And I, I just I love other humans. I just love them. I love them for them and like for the things that they love. And so I would get really excited while I was working on projects. But when I wasn't working on a project, I'd get back home and I would just be sad and I kind of felt alone. And then even some of the projects that we would start, I was like, because I wasn't so truly connected with every person that I was working with, it took 10 times the amount of energy. And um, I actually just started wearing all the hats. And I think it's a mistake that a lot of people make because like, you know, that you're good at those things and you can kind of do them. But the problem is, is like, Actually, maybe I want to say it. Not the problem is just power in teams. Yes. As one person, you are capable of For maybe sure. shooting and directing and set dressing, but it is not your job to do all those things. And when you find other friends and you bring everybody together and you allow them to do their job, it, it takes such a weight off of you. Um, you're all of a sudden not running around, you know, trying to get, you know, do this and that, you know, so forth and so forth. Instead, like you get to be balanced and then you can really focus on that one thing that you're doing, that one task at hand. Um, I always want to encourage people to really find that one creative thing that they love and then to really focus on it. Because um, so, I have seen that a lot where people try to wear multiple hats. Uh, you know, recently worked with a first time director and they also started in their project. They're the lead actor and it was a lot from them to be a first time director where you are leading the entire project. There's a lot of pressure on you. And then now to be have the most dialogue, the most crying scenes, um, you know, and they're working with friends. Like, it was a big task to take on. Um, and so I remember I was kind of, like, guiding them through the process and, like, how to digest that and, like, what exactly you can do. And a lot of it was teaching them to allow everybody else around them to really do their jobs and it um i feel like i'm kind of like talking in circles in here but it really settles you does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah it's um sorry uh it's super interesting being out in like the la space there's a lot of content creators that dream about especially like people living in other countries we have a lot of followers that you know live all over the world yeah. and everyone dreams about moving to la to work in film yeah. and uh i'm curious if you could give a little insight onto into what it's like living in la and being in this space and what advice you would give to someone that wants to move out here and follow their dream of becoming a content creator filmmaker producer director actress etc be a good ass person <laughs> Can I say that on here? Yeah, yeah, no, no, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be a good ass person. Um, the film community is much smaller than everybody realizes, and I think that a lot of people feel like they have to have all of their ducks in a row, you know, before they get into it, and they have to have the shiny car, and they have to have like the best, you know, f super famous friend. The truth is, is not a lot of people have that, right. and a lot of the people that are, do have that, they're most likely in debt, <laughs> and they just don't know it. Um, but 
the film community is really small. I think just like any other niche community and stuff gets around. And when you're yourself, you're going to find other people that are just like you and you're going to have way more fun. It's, you, it's easy to be yourself 365 days a year. It's hard to be, you, to be this other fake persona. Like you can't upkeep it. Eventually you, you will crash and burn. And so when you are just your best version of yourself, you will attract other people like you and you'll make the content that you want. So it's really, my best advice is just know yourself. Be a great person. And so with that yeah. said, how does Chrysia consistently stay, how does Chrysia consistently operate as the best version of herself consistently? That's a really good question. It's a damn good question. <laughs> like, do you have like more like a morning routine or like, like what kind of helps keep like obviously there's ups and flows like we all have our, oh, yeah. our ups and downs like <laughs> that's just life but yeah. for the most part is there like some type of system or routine or something that allows you to just stay balanced and keep everything in flow I mean honestly it goes back to community again mm -hmm. <laughs> um personally just at home absolutely like waking up my my like shake is the first thing that I have like I used to be a huge coffee drinker and don't take me wrong are you an early mornings. morning person or are you a late night mm, I love the early mornings but the thing is is that I am an insomniac <laughs> <laughs> so I love both sides of the early morning watching the sunrise and then waking up early um I tend to sleep in a little bit if I'm being honest yeah. I actually used to put a lot of pressure on myself about that and mm -hmm. Now I don't because I realize when I'm my most rested, it's most important. It's not if I woke up at 6 a.m. to get out there. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, though when I do wake up early, I am ahead of the game and I think it's very powerful. I don't put pressure on myself about it. I honor my rest. I actually I have this board in my room and there are these little mantras that I have that I find just in my own life. And one of them is if it's not important, honor rest. Because I will be up at night just putzing around, messing around with little things. And I'm like, Krizia, is this important? Do we need to be writing out this shot list right now? Like, can this wait a couple days? Like, yes, absolutely. Okay, get some rest so you can get up and actually be creative. You and I were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm my most creative when I'm active. Yep. When I'm sitting still or just at my desk, I can't. Like, I need to get up and go jogging. I need to be on the treadmill. At the gym, I look like that one crazy person that's just writing on my phone. I will be writing, running a 9.0, and I will still be taking notes on my phone because all these creative things come to me when I'm being active. Um, so actually, to keep me happy, I've realized I have to feed the, like, the little adventurer in me. And you know, I've always been a maverick in a sense. And I think when you know those weird things about yourself, you have to champion them. The mm -hmm. second I started being cheering myself for those little qualities that I have, I set myself free. Like I, I have allowed myself to be more creative. I allowed myself to be more free with the friends around me. And that's why I keep calling them like these like little creative weirdos. We all get together and we have a blast and they keep me in line. They keep me happy. And just purely by being themselves. Um, let's see, another thing that helps keep me on track, my home. My home is my creative emporium. Just from the way that I design it and the way that I keep it, it's so important for it to be clean for me. Um, we were talking this earlier because your girlfriend's really with all her plants mm -hmm. now. I'm going plant crazy. I got green everywhere, like on the bathroom ceiling, on the wall. I have ivy growing, growing. Um, but to me, it's important that my space is alive because when I am home, it's my nest. It's my place to be naked and raw spiritually, 
and physically. I can have my birthday seat wherever I want. I can do any of my meetings like that. Nobody has to know. But it's my space to be free and reset. And I think actually always being on the road and traveling growing up, there was a little bit of a disconnect there because I didn't have that one place really that I always felt that I could reset. So it's so important as an adult for me to implement that. Um, I love that. I, I think space obviously is extremely important. Like the environment that you're creating and has to be a place where you can thrive and grow just like, you know, we're walking around LA and I mentioned something to Connor about how I'm like, look at all the different types of plants, like the environment, especially here here in Venice. Yeah. The environment here just allows for just anything to grow. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so same thing with people, you know, if you're in the right environment and you have the right people around you, you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to do, uh, in a much more effective and efficient way than being in a toxic environment, right? Not having friends and community around you with all of that stuff said, I just had, I just, for some reason, I just, I just thought about your whole producing career. How does that actually work from like a business perspective? So do you work for like a company? Are you a freelance? Like what's the business side of like being a producer look like? I'm, I just got super curious about that. (laughs) No, it's a great question. A lot of people ask that. Um, I am a freelance producer. I have worked with many companies, um, but I honestly like being solo. I like running around um, just because just like I go back to before, I love to adventure. And when I'm in a company, you are tied to the creative that they have and you have to adhere to the rules and the hierarchy. And I hate the hierarchy. No, no it hierarchies. So much. No. All about the flat orb charts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's a CEO. Everybody's a CEO. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, so I freelance the business side of it. I mean, going back to community and relationships, it will just be somebody who I either meet while I'm out or a friend of a friend. And, you know, they have a new either startup company or a company that's in full swing and they have an idea or a concept behind it. Actually, the I told you about the shakes I do every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a documentary with them. They're this whole probiotic plant-based company. And so we're now going to travel around the world and go um, see how their probiotics, because they're... Con- the probiotics help heal um, their condition specific. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether you have cancer, whether you have asthma. And so they're going around and running all these studies around the world. And so, like, that's a great example. Now we're doing a feature length documentary on that. Um, we're shooting this in, Aust- we're starting in Australia, top of the 2020. Um, so, b- freelancing, you're able to go into any place that your passion follows. I'm such a Pocahontas go with the wind kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I love about it. I go in and meet and now I can do a documentary here. And then the next one we're doing commercial ad content. That's just for social, which is so much fun. I love doing social content because it's a quick turnaround. You get your crew together, you a two day shoot, and then you pump out and edit sometimes within 24 hours and then it's out there. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a blast, and I think then the next ones would be more of like music video style, like because here in Venice, like even Jake met earlier, like he's an artist. Uh, all of his friends are all these different musicians, and they're all connected with all their other groups. We have music videos coming out the wazoo. So We're you, doing one like every week. So it sounds like you get like a ton of your work friends. from just being active, just yeah. being out, like being a great human and just like, living your life and. Uh, adventuring, exploring things, hanging out with people yeah. and you just or find yourself in the mix with introductions totally. to various people, projects falling into your lap. Yes. So like I said a little while ago how I have these little mantras that I write on like my wall or whatever. Maybe be specific. It's like those little chalk pens that I put on my mirror. Mm-hmm. So I have to look at it when I get ready in the morning. 
And the other one was, if you have something to say, say it. And the story behind that is that I feel like when I was younger, actually, this was a condition that came from working within companies Mm -hmm. because they had so many rules. They don't necessarily want you to speak up about your kind of wild, crazy, creative ideas. Mm -hmm. And so I started shutting down that creative in me. And I would actually, anytime when I was out, I would just keep to myself. If I was at a bar or coffee shop, I'd see somebody else there and be like, oh, they're like an interesting person. But I wouldn't strike a conversation. I would just stay in my own little quiet world. And now when I say, I, if I have something to say, say it, you have that little burn in your spirit and in your heart. Like we all have it. Like when we want to kind of say something, we want to say hi to them. If I think your eyes look beautiful, you better bet I'm going to go up and tell you that. And now anytime I have that feeling, I just push myself to go do it, whether it's awkward or not. And it's amazing because like it could even just be as simple as a compliment to somebody and it turns their day around. And the next thing you know, it turns into a conversation. And guess what? Next thing you know, it's turned into like five projects. That is how all of my work has started, just by pushing myself to want to get to know people. And I don't go in there with an objective. I truly just want to learn the person. And I was saying this to you earlier. I love humans. I love the human heart. I love what people love. And I always want to find out, like, why do you love that? Like, why do you like wood making? Like, what, what is it about, like, the furniture and the tables? And I get to know him. And, you know, next thing you know it, we're, we're shooting this whole spec for their company and That's I'm so building rad. furniture and they're building my furniture and my house is looking cooler. And, and I don't know, it's fun. <laughs> so w- what advice would you have for like someone, I don't I mean, maybe this might be a bad question for you considering you're not introverted, but what about like the introverted creative uh, or producer. That's I'm a total not... introvert, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're I'm like... an ambivert, right? That's the thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're like me. So I guess what advice would you have for those types of people that find it a little more difficult to get out and do that? Mm. It might be hard for that person particularly to go up and endorse themselves because I think where I've seen people have or have struggled who that are, that are introverts is they don't know how to vouch for themselves. They don't know how to advertise their work because mm. they feel like saying, hey, me, 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 or this is what I do is flashy and like showing off. Do you know what I mean? So they stay more quiet and humble. First off, I've found that introverts are some of the most powerful creatives that you will ever have the honor of working with because um, they're sitting there quiet. They're thinking. They're coming up with ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many people in like my community are introverts. Jake, for instance, like he's super quiet, but his brain, once he gets, once you get him talking, is like, oh my God. Um, that's the power of teams. You want to have that one person who's quiet, who's going to think of things that you could have never thought about. Um, one of these guys on our team right now, uh, I had somebody ask him like, and what do you do? Looked, looked at him. He's like, and, and, and Zach, what do you, what do you exactly is your job in the company? And then he's like, I'm a team. I'm, I'm just as much on the team as everybody else. He's like, yeah, but what's your exact position? And I jumped in and I was like, he sees everything. Like there, we would not have a meeting without him present because he's reading the people in the room. He's reading the energy. He's reading exactly what the motives are. Mm -hmm. And when we get back in the room, we have like our post meeting, our little post morning. Oh man. He like just unfolds this like scroll of knowledge that we're like, dude, how did you even know? And he's picking up on stuff from their friends that happened at the table next to us. Like it's amazing. But, um, I found that for introverts, like, really focus going back to community focus on growing that community and other people around you that can go and be that um that go that go getter that person to maybe go close the projects um 
I recently got brought into this other production company. They just, they're a startup, uh, two different production companies, and they both were having the same thing. As they're like, hey, we're like a little quiet. We're not going to be the ones to go get the client and lock them in. Like we're like a little shy. We don't know how to package it together. But they are so smart and they are so fully capable. I think it's like knowing that. Uh, like to believe in yourself you definitely have to know that you're creative and but the thing is is like I think that a lot of introverts kind of doubt themselves Mm. just because they're not society tells us that the go-getters are the ones that are doing it all right you know what I mean like you have to be an extrovert but actually when you're an introvert lean into your introverted qualities right allow somebody else to be the loud one and speak for you but uh, I would lean into those even more so does that kind of help does that kind of answer your question maybe not enough yeah well I think it's it's a tough one. Like they all, I think introverts also have to just to some extent they have to get outside of their comfort zone, and yeah. you have to just go meet people. Maybe you don't need to go to the loudest, wildest place to do that, but you always you do, find people. Like you, you do need to figure out a place that allows you to get out and outside of your your normal routine, your normal circle, if you want to have. Uh, more creative opportunities becoming more prevalent and available, you know, especially in a place like LA, um, you know, trying to find some, some spots that you're into would, would, I think would be really helpful. No, that's actually very true. I think I say lean into your introverted qualities because the worst thing I think a person can do is, uh, shut down their own voice inside of them and Mm -hmm. not have belief in yourself. But I did that for a while and it was the worst thing I could have done for myself. Um, but you're right that it does take a push. You do have to push yourself out. Like the same thing when I says, like when you have something to say, say it, pushing myself to communicate with people more, pushing myself to go out. It's so easy to want to stay home so many times. No, I don't want to go out to this big thing that everybody's doing, but I realize I go there. I don't have to be the loudest person in the room. In fact, I am going to find that one person in the corner of the room that's standing all by themselves <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to have a conversation with them, but I've made it a fun game now. Cause like, I think I've become more extroverted as the years have gone by and I find that one quiet person and my goal is always to get them to smile and to like break them out of their shell. They're oftentimes the most interesting person. Oh too. my gosh. Like, they're amazing. <laughs> they're yeah. so great. Especially when you find like quiet people that have like, a really cool style about themselves. You're like, mm-hmm. I have to, like, at least for me, I can't help it. I have to meet those people. Me too. And if yeah. I ever see someone that just kind of like that person stands out and they're not being obnoxious or they're just kind of like hiding in the corner. I have to go say like something to this person. You know what? If you're looking to grow in any area and you find something that you like or somebody that has those qualities, whether it be their style or where they're dressing or maybe their voice, whatever it may be, strike a conversation with them. Just just introduce yourself. Say, hi, I'm so sorry to bug you. I just saw your shoes, dude. And I was like, those are rad shoes. Good for freaking you. Where did you get them? Like, And I've literally done that with people. Been like, what made you want to pick those out? Because like, even when I'm trying to get better with personal style, I will walk by those amazing shoes because I'm like, oh, I can't buy those. I want to know what made him actually buy those shoes because I wouldn't have had the balls to buy them. Right. Um, I know it sounds so silly, <laughs> but um, actually some of those learning from other people and like why they do things, it has helped me grow. I'm like, oh, it's actually not unreachable. It's like super easy to do. What are some books that you've read uh, or courses that you've take, uh, taken that have helped you grow as a creative? Creative Ink by, I think it's like Ed Catmull. 
Um, and they don't have to be like creative specific. I guess shouldn't have said as a creative, but like just as a person. So it could be self development. Could be anything. Well, honestly, that one that one was really powerful. Creative um, Inc. Yeah, what's willpower. The, what's, what's the big takeaway from Creative Inc. that you took away? Oh my gosh. I'm actually, it's really funny. I have a very high tendency to read many books at once. <laughs> I go through like chapter by chapter. So that's one of those books that I'm not done with that like every time I pick it back up, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to remind myself to, you know, put it right by my bed so I can continue reading it. <laughs> creative space, being like a leader, mm-hmm. leader in a creative space and how you treat the people that you work with. And um, it's actually a book that my mentor gave to me. And when I was at his company, um, they did all the water features for like the Bellagio and um, their their company is beautiful. And I didn't understand like why when I went there, I'm like, this place is like Disneyland for um, water engineering because it's amazing. But they followed the whole structure from the book. And it was that you pick people who are truly amazing at what they do and you give them all the tools they need to to create and then you allow them to create in all their beauty and you give them the tools and you step away from them. You don't sit over their shoulder and going back to film now, that's been something that I've been able to apply. I don't have to micromanage everything that everybody does. When you allow a true creative to create, beautiful things happen. What is, what's coming out of your pant leg? <laughs> what do you mean? Do I need to roll it? Uh, oh, I have a little. <laughs> I was like, what is that? You got a little silver dangly. These coming. little pearls. My sister, um, this is actually part of her little company. Um, one of her friends out in Hawaii literally dives down and gets these pearls. And then they made me one of these and they sent it in mail. So yeah. Where at? She lives in Maui. Oh, that's super sick. Yeah. Tell me about your clothing line. What's what's up with that? Oh, man. Okay, so my sister had started this company a while back called Cross Your Hearts. Um, honestly, it was just her and her husband. She was pregnant as can be, and she actually says she does not call herself a creative. She just, just feels the exact opposite, and she's there with a marker on the floor writing on some, like, Hanes t-shirts, coming up with some weird old things, like inside jokes between her and her husband that nobody else would get, and they printed out these shirts, and I think the community that follows them really believes in them, so they sold them out. And um, actually, DJ and I shot some stuff for it a long time ago, and I remember, like, I look at the designs, and I was like, hey, like, you should, I have some ideas. Like, you should let me let me help you with this because I see maybe where you're struggling and I see as a brand like what you want to do. Now this goes back to what I was saying earlier, get to know your client and know what their mission is. And so, um, I actually sat down with her again and I was like, can you just tell me like what your vision is for your company as a whole? And it was something that I can completely relate to. It's like, they want to be able to put messages into their clothing that when you put it on, like you feel like a certain strength or power in you and it doesn't, you don't have to necessarily know where it's coming from. It's really just yourself and something that you can feel good in and um, something that's also stylish um, and sustainable. Um, so very recently her and I had met again and I found that their, how much their vision has grown and now that I've been expanding and meeting even more people and pushing myself to talk to more people I've built another community that's all around clothing and just design. And so I've um, met a few people that do cut and sew and print. And so I've been talking with about them with different designs. And so what I've been doing is I've been finding stuff that I freaking love mm-hmm. on other people, you know, whether it be somewhere else around the world. And I've been collecting it together like the little squirrel that I am at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been matching things together. And so now we're coming out with a line. Um, it's 
definitely still in the like far early stages right now um but yeah we should probably by like mid 2020 or end of 2020 be able we're gonna have everything from jeans jackets tanks like literally everything yeah (laughs) i'm actually really excited about it um this is like i think it's actually probably one of my most like exciting creative outlets that i've had in a really long time i can see it in your face yeah glowing right now i'm 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 stoked for you like (laughs) Uh, when you guys are ready to create some content, holler at me. I'd love yeah. to, to, to embark on a project. That'd I want to make things that I would want to buy. Right. You know what I mean? You ever like, I, I'm actually the worst about this. I will go somewhere and I'll find something that I really, really want. And maybe it's like your birthday. And I actually went out with the intention to get you a birthday present. And then I'm buying this thing. And there's like this inner war in myself. I'm like, I don't want to give it to him because I <laughs> want it so bad. That's how I want this clothing to be. I like, I want each piece to be something like, oh my gosh, when the person puts it on, I'm like, I really want to keep this, but it looks so freaking good on you. Right. No, I, I, I love that. What else are you, uh, before we, before we start kind of wrapping this thing up, I'm yeah. curious, what are you most excited about right now? Oh my gosh. And that could be anything. It doesn't just, doesn't have to be like creatively <laughs> speaking. Yeah. I am so excited to, to be piecing together these projects that we have, um, the end of this year and the top of next year with the people that I love and I'm really excited to find some new creatives also to add to the team. Um, the projects are very intricate and I know it's hard. That's the one hard thing about producing is you can't always talk about the projects that you have, um, NDAs involved. Um, <laughs> but the fact that we're even at that stage where, mm. you know, we can't talk about the projects or who's involved. Um, I cannot wait to be back on set on the other side of the planet and just have chills and tearing up because the content that we're catching and the things that we're creating. Um, yeah, I'm happy to make things with my friends and I just, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I want to share it with the whole freaking world. (laughs) What's the, uh, what's the future look like for you? What's, I guess I shouldn't say what's the future look like for you. Let me ask you this. What's your big, bold, like in a perfect world, if you had all the resources and you had the best team and everything that you could ever want, what would you be doing? Like what, what's the big vision for your life look like? If you have one, I don't want to put a lot of pressure. Some people are like, I know exactly like where I would love to be 10 years from now. You know, this is, this is the thing. Some people don't and that's okay. Oh my gosh. It's, I, it literally has to do with people. It's setting people free Mm. and getting them to run. I always like say that I'm like a stallion. I just got to run. I have to be out in the open fields and, the thing for this, like, because I think like big plan, I've always, I've always been so into human health and helping people um, heal from scenarios. And yes. I would love to honestly have like a rehab one day. I would really love to have that. But like I've, a traditional rehab or is this like a new age, like could be like a social media rehab. It could be. I think it a, has all those facets to it, but mm-hmm. it's going to be one that actually people who have like addiction mm-hmm. or any type of hurt or any pain, mm-hmm. but I, mine right now is truly getting all these other creative mavericks and bringing everybody together, creating this family. Like I want to see my community grow, 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 grow. And it's already happening. But the mission behind it is to bring everybody healing. And in the sense of like, if there is a dream that that person has always had, I want when they come home to us that they're home and they're free. They can go make whatever they want because they have the entire team around them with all the tools. And that's the thing. Any project that we have right now, even if I'm directing it, I'm not the only director. Everybody else on my team also has say in the vision. And so 
that's like that's the thing I'm most excited about (laughs) like for us all to be one in our creative vision and to make things that other people are going to see it and it's going to inspire them whether it inspires you to speak up more or to get your butt up and wake up a little bit earlier you know go get fit or maybe to cry a little more Um, I want all of our pieces to be something that is emotionally impactful something on the emotional scale Mm. all right guys last question we're gonna wrap this up (laughs) we're in LA starting to get a little warm in here it is (laughs) um the way that I love to end the podcast is I normally ask our guests to just share some words of wisdom, inspiration, advice, mm. whatever you're feeling with the AOV community. So whenever you're ready, uh, feel free to just uh, speak your mind to this beautiful sea of of creators. God, I love that. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's a little beautiful it sea. It is, it is. I'm not the sea. <laughs> just my experience. God, like every person that I sit down with, uh, any conversation, whether I run into them at a coffee shop or just like here in front of you right now. And so for everybody listening, my God, that voice that you have inside of you is your most powerful tool. And um, I think it gets, it can be hard to hear your own voice and it can be sometimes like hard to honor it, but think that if I had any message it'd be like listen to whatever your spirit is saying inside of you if there's something that you want to make or if there's something that you want to say to somebody do it just start encouraging yourself to speak up a little bit more you have to keep those promises that you make with yourself you know if you want to start going to the gym or you want to start a new career like don't be don't be afraid to go into it and I know that can kind of sound cliche but um, every step that you take, no matter how little, if it's something that you, it's something that comes from you, it grows into, it manifests itself into this like, this is like blossoming garden is the only way that I can like see it. So listen to yourself and just start honoring it just step by step and just watch. I promise you, just do this. Whoever's listening to this right now, just try this. Listen to that burn in your spirit and your heart. Every time you're trying to make a choice or decision, don't ask your friend, don't text, don't post it on social. Ask your spirit that and act on the answer. I promise you, (laughs) you're going to love those results. And guess what? If I happen to be wrong, then you don't ever have to listen to your spirit again. Simple as that. Crizia Vega, ladies and gentlemen, I love it. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Where can everyone find you? You can find me on social right now. It's at Krizia Vega, K-R-I-Z-I-A-V-E-G-A. So make sure you guys follow Krizia on Instagram. She's an awesome creator. If you're ever in LA, holler at her. Uh, outside of that, thank you guys very much for listening to the episode of the AOV Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share this episode with your friends, your family, and until next time my friends stay blessed and as always be visually inspired 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Art of Visuals and definitely make sure to check out our IGTV for our new creative series called AOV to the Point. It's a micro series for quick tips, tutorials, and inspiration to fuel creators on their journey. Our team sits down with some of the top creative minds to get an inside glimpse of their creative process. Tune in every Wednesday on IGTV for a new episode. 